Hello, friends. Welcome to I Am Who I Am podcast. It's, um, we're, in, uh, we're doing the second part of 1 Corinthians 7 about marriage and, and all of that concerning married people and, and the unmarried. And so we're finishing it up. I had a couple of days off because I was in a coma for two days. I mean, I was out. So yesterday we did uh, Revelation 7. And today we're doing uh, verses 25, 25 through 40. So it might not be too long. It's only 15, 16 verses here. So we're just going to jump right on in and uh, get her going here. So here we go. Chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. Now, he says something interesting here. Because of the present crisis. Now, I don't know what the present crisis was. Give me a second here. Hold on. Let's just go over to my other Bible. This, this is a... My eyesight is my eyesight is is getting worse, so I have to pull out the super giant uh, jumbo print Bible, and so so I can see it, and the Bible with the commentary here. And let's see the present crisis. That's in verse twenty six. Let's see if they have a thing on that twenty six here. First Corinthians seven twenty six. Just curious myself. What was the present crisis? Hmm, it's one of those ones you'd like to answer that question for people, uh, Paul probably foresaw the impending persecution of the Roman government that would soon bring uh, bring upon Christians. He gave practical advice because being unmarried would mean less suffering and more freedom to throw one's life into the cause of Christ, even to the point of fiercely dying for him. And um, Paul's advice reveals his single-minded devotion to spreading the good news. So I guess, so what Paul was warning them about the present crisis was the persecution coming to the church. And as a single person, imagine you've got a wife, you've got children, and, and and you have to see them suffer and die for the gospel. It's It would be much simpler, much easier if you were unmarried to suffer. And I'm not saying anything about married people not being able to suffer, but, you know, when it's just you alone, but, you know, because, you know, the, the, everybody asks the question, okay, if they come get me, that's one thing, but what if they take my child or my wife? And that's a hard thing, and that would be a hard thing for a guy to see his wife and child be executed. So Paul was warning them, look, man, things might get tight here, so you may want to consider things. So let's go through the whole thing real quick. Um, I have uh, now about virgins. I have command from the not. Uh, com, I have no command from the Lord. It's so cool. God allowed Paul to express some opinions in the Bible, because this wasn't from the Lord. This was Paul expressing himself. I mean, we know the Holy Spirit was leading him, but this was not a command from God. Isn't that cool that God allowed him? And and, and it worked. It obviously worked into the thought, or God would have struck it out. Just said, now you can't write that, Paul. So obviously, Paul was following the Spirit here, but this wasn't a direct command from God Himself, which I love. That, that God allowed him a little bit of leeway there. It's kind of like him and God were partnering up. I, I just love that. Uh, Lord's mercy is trustworthy because, uh, say, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Was, he was trustworthy because of the Lord's mercy. I like that. Because of the present crisis, I think that it's good for a man to remain as he is. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Um, do not look for a wife. Okay, so basically... 
if you're in a if you're in a situation where you're married or unmarried, you know, and and you you don't you're not even have any prospects of marriage, or, or prospects of divorce, because there was there was thinking people people were divorcing each other even in the church like today, so. Paul says, stay as you are, you know, but again, that, but he makes the caveat, the next verse, uh, verse 28 there, but he is the big B-U-T here, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. If, um, if a virgin marries, she has not sinned, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want you to want to spare you this again. What would be one of the troubles watching your wife and child die for the gospel? That would be hard. And so he's saying, look, this isn't a matter of sin. This is a matter of choice. He says, I'm trying to give you the better, the better choice. The better choice is to remain as you are uh, and, and not, to, not to move into a different area in the marriage realm in your life because of what the present crisis that was coming. It's, it's cool that's all worked in that way. Uh, verse 29, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. Man, think about that. Time was short 2,000 years ago. How much shorter is it today? It's amazing. From now on, those who have wives should live, live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For the world in its present form is passing away. I love he covers mourning. He covers happy. He covers everything here. And basically he says, he, he says you don't want any ties to the world. You don't want anything that's going to hold you away from your first commitment to Christ. From your first duty. From your first love. Again like the Ephesians church in Book of, Reve- uh, Book of Revelation. You have forsaken your first love. Paul wanted these people to keep their mind on the fact that time was short. And again, if time was short 2,000 years ago, how much shorter is it today? Again, from now on, those who have wives as if they did not. So if you've got a wife, you should live as if you didn't have a wife. In other words, first and foremost, devotion to Christ. Those who mourn as if they did not. Again, you see the point here. The point is wives, mourning, happiness, uh, owning something, uh, and being engrossed in something. These are things of the world that tie you into the world. Having a wife would tie you into the world. Being happy as far as the world's happiness or or buying something. These are all worldly ties. And Paul was trying to keep them free of worldly ties that would hamper their service to Christ. Again, for the world in its present form. We need to remember verse 31. For the world in its present form is passing away. Everything we see around us. Everything we see around us someday will be gone. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Much is coming. And we are blessed to be on the precipice of it. Um, We live in amazing times. We're all bummed out about COVID and all this stuff. Man, these are just distractions to what really is coming. What's really coming is what's in the, what these words say, what the Bible says. We're blessed to, to get a preview of what's coming. It's amazing what's happening right now in the world. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. See, that's what he was talking about, having a uh, having a single-minded focus towards God. Because if you have a husband or wife, your, your devotion is going to be divided between God and your spouse. And, and, uh, and, and Paul was trying to spare them of that. Um, an unmarried uh, unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord both in body and spirit. See that? 
giving your whole self, including your body and your spirit, over to the Lord for service. I love that. That's like Anna in Book of Luke. There was there was also the prophetess Anna, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of I can't remember I can't remember the tribe. She was very old. I can't remember the tribe, but she was very old. She had, she had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. I wish I remember her tribe. I can't. It's an early Luke. But this woman was, she became a prophetess. She was totally devoted to the kingdom. She stayed and lived at the temple. She fasted night and day, worshiping and fasting and praying. Total life given over to God. Now, that's not for all of us. All of us have been called to that. But she's the example. I was looking to Anna the prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. That's it. The Asher was the tribe. But, I mean, her thing about her life, she had a husband for seven years, and then after he died, boom, she was just into the, she was just a part of the kingdom. She just wanted to be about the Father's business. I love, I love, I can't wait to meet her. Amen. Her aim is to be both devoted to the Lord, both in body and spirit. That was Anna, the prophetess in Luke. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Of course. Amen. I am saying this not for, I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, uh, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. The point is the Lord. Whether we live or die, we live for the Lord, we die for the Lord. It's all about the Lord. We should find a way to have undivided devotion to the Lord, if at all possible. Amen. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably towards the virgin he's engaged to, and if his passions are too strong, and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. So again, Paul keeps Paul keeps plowing the ground forward because he's backing the truck up and going, Okay, this is what you, this is what I really think you should do. But look, if you're you know, I think you should, should remain single, but if you you feel like you're not acting in integrity towards this virgin, and you're, you have a strong passion towards her, get married. You're not sinning. Um, uh, you, you, you should get married. And so Paul is, Paul's giving a lot of leeway here. I love this. A lot of personal choice here. To, Paul wasn't trying to restrict. Paul wasn't passing a new law down from God. Paul was warning them, say, look, I know this marriage thing looks good and all of this stuff. But man, trouble's coming. We're living in a tough time. And I want you to be an undivided devotion to the Lord. Amen. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So there are some people, like Paul himself, Paul's describing himself right there. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, that was Paul, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, Paul definitely, that was definitely Paul, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, that was Paul, he renounced marriage for the kingdom, this man also does the right thing. So then he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. Another way, there, was, there were two different paths, but one path was a little higher than the other path. That neither path were sin, though, and that's the point here. Paul was saying, look, I'm not trying to restrict you, but man, this one path here, man, you can give a little bit more devotion towards the Lord. No divided attention. And if you have control of yourself, like Paul was talking, I mean, this Paul wasn't talking about himself here, but this perfectly describes the Apostle Paul. Amen. Verse 39, we're almost done. Uh, oh, 11 minutes in. I told you this would probably be short because it was the thing. And I've been dying driving my butt off, so amen. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think 
<laughs> and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. Paul was sarcastic. The super apostles. Here it is at the very thing. And I think that I too have the have the Spirit of the Lord. Paul was a Paul was a card man. I love. I struggle with Paul because Paul's such a strong personality, and I'm not that way. And. Paul, to me, was always overbearing, but that he just had a, this guy was establishing the kingdom on earth through the Holy Spirit, and he had to, God had to use a strong personality, and Paul was it, man. He was strong, and so, so let's read it again, 39 and 40. It's, it's so good. A woman is bound to her husband as long as she lives, but if he, but if her husband dies, she is, mar- she is free to marriage anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. That's so cr- critical. You don't want to be unequally yoked. This isn't a beauty contest in Christ. You're looking for someone you're equally yoked to. Yes, of course, physical and sexual attractions, all part of the package. I understand that. But again, he, he says he must belong to the Lord. It's so critical because people will marry someone that's not in the Lord with the intention of bringing them into the Lord, and they bring them out, actually end up bringing them out into the world. So you want to marry someone. You want to be equally yoked with whoever you marry. Amen. Um, in my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. Talking about the virgin not getting married. And I think that I, too, have the Spirit of God. Love Paul and his sarcasm. That guy was cool. I can't wait to meet the guy. Anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. That was uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, second part. And so I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. And again, a rather short one, a little short teaching tonight. And uh, tomorrow, let's see where we're going to be tomorrow. Give me a second here. And I will tell you. I got my little book over here. I keep a book with all the records of all this stuff. Uh, let's see. First uh, Corinthians. Tomorrow will be in Isaiah and then First Thessalonians. If I end up doing something over the weekend, I'm going to start in Psalms. I, <coughs> I'm going to give you like a preview on Saturday <coughs> of Psalms. I'm only doing that because I'm going to be off in my truck this weekend. I mean, I'll be in a hotel, but I'll have a 34 hour break in a hotel. So what I'm gonna do is, I wanna um, um, just start Psalms. Again, I'm not gonna get into it until I finish Proverbs, which is a ways away. But I figured I'd give you a treat with Psalms on the weekend, you know, Saturday, and uh, we'll just we'll just try and make it a blessing. So anyway, love you, love you, can't get enough of you, appreciate you. Almost 15 minutes total with all the, the, the foolish diatribe. <laughs> And I, too, think that I have the Spirit of God, too. Uh (laughs) You got to love Paul. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Hee, hee, hee.